Back in the 70s, board games and improv theater had a baby, and it was called the role-playing game. These games allowed a generation of kids to live out their dreams of slaying dragons and saving kingdoms, all while sitting in their bedrooms and basements. Today, gaming has moved into the cultural mainstream, and role-playing games are back with a vengeance. Join us now as five of these former kids come out of the basement and onto the internet to experience adventure, mystery, and obscure pop culture references. It's time for Roll for Combat. Hey everyone, welcome to Rule for Combat. I'm your GM and host, Stephen Glicker, and in this week's show, we have Amanda Hammond-Kuntz, the author of Book 3 of Dead Sons, Splinter Worlds, and she is joining us on the show, where she's going to be playing some of her favorite NPCs from her module, while the boys continue to explore Eox. Also this week, we finally find out what the heck is going on with Mr. Rusty. And also this week, I'll tell you a little bit about the history of Rusty and why we changed him up and when we killed him, how we modified him and how Bob has taken it and ran with it. So this is a very fun episode. Amanda gets to go on and she gets to play, I think, three or four NPCs in total. Again, I mentioned this a couple times, I'll mention once again, is that she and I were talking at Gen Con and she was telling me how much she loved these characters. So I really wanted to get her on the show so she could play them. And you can hear what she thought of them and how she would play them. And she does a really great job. Also, if you notice, the whole time when they're talking, I'm almost completely silent. I just let them go with it. I really don't need to interject anything. Like very rarely I'm going to actually say anything. I did give her notes just to let you know how I do this. What I did is sort of give her notes and explain who everyone is and their history. So that way she's kind of like a mini GM. She's not actually a full GM, but she at least knows what's going on. And then I kind of gave her like directions I wanted her to push people in. If you guys watch like Curb Your Enthusiasm or any of those like improv shows, that's kind of how they do those shows too. What they do is they come up with these like general scripts and they say like where the beginning, middle, and end should be. And then they just have the actors go crazy. And I do a very similar way. When I have guests join us, I sort of give them the beginning. I don't even give them the middle. I just give them the beginning and the end. And I just say, look, this is where we're at. This is what's happened. And I just need you to get there. And you figure out how to do it. And they always do. It's really great. So that's something if you ever want to bring a guest on, either it's a guest GM or a guest friend. I've actually even done that a lot, even before this podcast, is I would have friends come from out of town and I'd go play D&D and I'd have them sit in. In fact, John, originally, he used to live in California. He would play our Age of Worms campaign and I would give him one of the followers to play because uh, Bob had some followers. I think uh, Seth did too. And he would just play one of those guys and get into lots of trouble. It was a lot of fun. Also, one thing I do want to apologize is Amanda's mic is a little messed up. I don't have a lot of control over that, unfortunately. Obviously, the mics from Paizo and our guests, I try to tell them what to get, but her mic and her her sound is not the greatest, and I really apologize for that. I did try to clean it up a bit, but um, yeah, there's not a lot I could have done with that. Anyhow, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. 
So you guys land on Eox, you go through customs, you end up in the splice, and we have a special guest today. We have the actual author of Splintered World, Amanda Hammond Kutz, the managing developer for Starfinder from Paizo, who is going to help me GM tonight because there's some goofy NPCs that I know we talked about at Gen Con that she really, really liked. So I wanted to give her the opportunity to actually play them. Hello, Amanda. Hi there. Thanks for having me on, you guys. Hey, thanks for joining us. Yeah, welcome. We are very excited. We'll jump right into this. So you listen to Sean's story, and Sean's story is pretty much exactly what you just heard, with perhaps even more embellishments and Miss Trucks is just diligently, boringly taking notes. After a couple of minutes, she dismisses him. He leaves. He sort of gives you a nod. It's like, see you later, Bill. Walks on off. And then uh, Miss Trucks is just taking her notes and writing and typing out a few things and completely ignoring you guys. <clears throat> Chris Beamer is playing the Lushunta operative, Hiroji. She, she just continues to ignore you. Yeah, make loud scraping noises with the chair instead. <laughs> Jason McDonald is playing the Soki mechanic Tuttle Blacktail and his drone, Cheddar. Mel- Mo bellows out, Excuse me! Let's see if that, if that gets her attention. John Stats is playing the Vesk soldier, Mo Dupinski. Starfinders, huh? You look like Starfinders. Yep. Bug sent you? Eh? Sounds like our number. Come on, boys. Yes. Yep. The bug did send us. I think I heard 84. Uh, do you have any condiments like uh, donuts? Re- refreshments? Refreshments or anything. Just look like a restaurant to you, boy. <laughs> no, we don't have any refreshments. What do you want from me? Uh, he's he, Moe's going to look up the room. He's looking the room over to see if Is there's this anything. A desk that we're in front of? What is that exactly? Yeah, basically, it's a desk, and it she's, looks like, like there's a behind glass. Mm, could be. does look like there's a skeleton in the glass. Uh, excuse me. What different cultures to use different decorations for their office you know, offices. There's no reason for you to stare. Bob Marquis is playing the human envoy, Rusty Carter. It could be Halloween. I'm very nervous of being in Eox. Rusty, the maybe resident. you better do the talking here. Yeah. Uh, actually, Jason, I think it's all, all well, Dr. I- Tuttle. Yeah, Dr. Oh, I was going to say, at least you, I was gonna say you start, and if it gets into the academic water, because right now we're talking Corpse Fleet, which is more general. I suppose that's true. I, I say, oh, hello, it's a pleasure to meet you. My name is Rusty Carter. I'm in charge of this organization from the Pathfinders. Every one of these guys works for me personally. Starfinders. Starfinders. Uh, I, I put a credit in the jar. Uh, <laughs> and it's all of these, these fine people work for me, except for the robot who seems to be independent. Uh, we were actually sent here to talk with you because we understand that you are the entire universe's most prominent expert on the corpse fleet, and we wouldn't want to go to anyone else. Hmm. A rat man with a robot. That's original. You, uh, you say I'm the universe's, uh, only agent, but you know that most of the stuff is garbage that's reported to me, right? Petty, stupid complaints about the neighbors, outright lies about rivals and enemies... None of them have anything to do with the corpse fleet. Sometimes we get a legitimate lead, but when that happens, I forward it on to the government, pack worlds. 
pet council, all that. So I'm told. This time, I guess I'm giving it to you, huh? Well, actually, yeah. this is why we were sent to you. We were told that amidst all the morass of useless information, what you needed is the most brilliant curator of that information to really actually organize it and find out what the true the true nugget is in there. That's why they sent us to you. I uh, I suppose I have some reports there that uh, that the bug told me you'd be interested in. Uh, let me go. Let me go find them. Hold on one second. And while she's doing that, I want to talk to the you know confer with our group. Say you know we have information about the corpse fleet. Should we give it to her? Because we ran into him. Well, oh, yeah, sure. definitely. We might not want to tell her about the whole, the the entirety of it, but we might want to tell her we got attacked. Oh, it's tell her everything. Uh, Chisick sent us to her, so trustworthy by, as far as I'm concerned. Also, we didn't actually do anything bad on that asteroid that I can recall. I'm not sure we want to make the whole, like, the Death Star weapon public knowledge. Though. True, that's true. Okay. I, I'm, we... not, I'm not overly trusting of this planet okay i i will suggest okay and we can edit the death star out miss trucks comes back and she hands over um two incident reports to you all right i uh your uh your mission is a very uh very high importance to me I, i'm supposed to say that um here are these two reports uh they're the only ones with any merit at all recently authorities might get to investigate them soon but i'm willing to bet that your business is more urgent so there you go all right, so we've Thank got you. an incident of stolen uh, flesh from the flesh factory, and a uh, corpse core insignia is next to the empty vat. Um, there's a oh with a digital photo of the, oh oh recorded digital photo of the batch's location. So it's obvious that the cor- corpse core uh, stole the vat uh, vat of flesh for some unknown purpose. They're probably making a flesh monster. Uh, they prefer to be called flesh golems. <laughs> All right, and the other one is an incident of uh, another incident of suspected uh, activity. All right, we have a flatmate of someone's uh, says she needed to purchase. Ah, uh, here we go. Uh, new outerwear. Ha! <laughs> That's a curious test considering the late hour. In any case, she never returned to her flat. The morning uh, she entered her court of uh, oh, the uh, report person filed the report entered the quarters and discovered that most of her belongings were gone. And there is a scrap of paper on the floor that looks like it fell out of the uh, uh, out of the well missing persons journal. Harveen keeps I guess that's the missing person. Harveen keeps a real paper diary that she acts, actually writes on with a stylus. Uh, I guess it must be a I don't know so fetish with history or something on the scrap tarveen wrote that her disillusion it with the current eoxian policy and her intention was to join the corpse fleet that is currently operating the orpheus i believe that harvin has left the splice to enlist in the corpse fleet oh all right so that's a lead i like that lead okay so we've got a couple reports someone has gone missing Joined the league or, or the corpse fleet, or as I call it, the corpse corps. And the ministry has a flesh golem being manufactured. Well, that's not ju- let's not jump to conclusions. Conclusions eh. have already been reached. Yeah, I mean, I, I've already jumped over there. I think it's good. Could be it could be some college kids doing it as a prank. I don't yeah, know. college kids make flesh golems all the time. What, what, still be both. 
Uh, what do you what do you make of this one, Etta? I mean, this is this is there's one that's obviously a great lead, and this other one, ah, they're making a monster, you know. Well, I just take the reports. I I don't do anything else. It's not my job, you know. I just I file them. I send them on. You want to take on the corpse fleet by yourself? You count me out. You have fun with that. I'm just a government employee, and that's way above my pay grade. Well, okay, we, we can certainly check out both of these, but I do want to ask, when it mentions about the fleet that's operating in Orphis, you wouldn't happen to have more specific coordinates than, you know, that entire segment of the universe. No, I mean, you know, who knows what they're actually doing. Like I said, it's not my job. That's the authority's job. Far above my pay grade, but I can tell you that the, uh, the lady there that filed that report, she just lives right down the way, and... The uh, gentleman who uh, filed that uh, that other report about the flesh-worn fabrications or whatever, that stench that you smell, mm, mm. makes me real hungry. That's just <laughs> right around the corner. Oh. Both those places look like you could probably follow up with them, I mean, I guess, well, if you really yeah. wanted to. Let's go to the close one. Yeah, we'll go to the closest one next Yeah, we'll definitely describe. do that. And uh, you seemed like you're a little, a little understaffed here. Really? What gave you that idea? <laughs> I just wonder the uh, commitment that the Yaxian government has to uh, actually dealing with the corpse fleet. Well, these lovely digs that you see are the best that Eox has to offer. And I tell you, I love my job all day, every day. Nothing but just glamour and fun. I get my free housing upstairs, as you can see that. And every single day, it's my neighbor kicked my pet skull crab. I think she's a corpse fleet sympathizer. <laughs> Corpse Fleet stole my brand new bone found from my front yard. Never ends. Bunch of garbage. <laughs> well, we'll definitely follow up on these. These look promising, and uh, we will report back to you. And to the bug. And we really All appreciate right, it. Whatever, I don't care. I mean, you do you. Well, is there any way we can thank you? Uh, my Vesk friend here may not mind if you gnaw on his arm for a little while. I mean, you looked hungry. Hey, wait a minute. No. Oh, uh, Vesk, that, that's just a little tough, though. But, you know, I do I do really love that flesh that they make in that factory. If you find any, I want to bring me back a little bit. It's kind of like, uh, like chicken. It's kind of like what you might call chicken. All right, oh. we'll bring a side of uh, generic flesh back. That sounds great. Is, is uh, it... Did the guy who was in here before seem legit at all, or was he just a crazy guy? Oh, no, he's one of those. Just, uh, I'd say probably some kind of feud or something. He had no evidence. He had no details. He didn't know what he was talking about. He's just full of crap like the rest of them. Let's go. It's right around. Very good. You've been extremely Thank helpful. You. We'll bring you back some. Don't let Thor hit you on the way out. I mean... Thank you for your time or whatever. <laughs> two, quick, two, two quick things. Winetta remembers that the ambassador instructed to give you um, a stipend and also that a place to stay. Oh, a ah. stipend. Now you're talking my language. I mean, I guess if you really want it, here's like, I don't know, what, a thousand credits, something like that? I don't know. Bug told me to give it to you, told me to let you stay upstairs. It's not like I get a choice in the matter. You might as well do it. Can you recommend a fine restaurant in the neighborhood? I mean, I'd say the factory, but they tell me to keep <laughs> my fingers out of those vats. Oh, we can stay upstairs? Yeah, I got a nice little closet for you. It's all set up. There's little pallets uh, on the floor and everything. I even moved the filing cabinets. Oh, that sounds nice. Oh, that's so nice that's of you. a tempting that's offer. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's real posh digs up there, let me tell you. Okay, mental note. We have to tell Chizix about our standard of living in the future. Yes, yeah. Right. 
We spent extra to have our ship's rooms be. I know, we are like reality TV stars. We should give us a little bit better. Yeah. I had to make you a place, and I made you a place. What more do you want? Oh, no, we're happy with that. Oh, you've been nothing but kind. Something better. I mean, I thought so. All right. So in addition, you get um, each 1,000 credits. That actually came from Nor himself. 1,000 each? Yes. Wow. Oh, my God. (laughs) I give 800 to... To, to, I sh- you're right, Rusty. I should have taken you up on your deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, Mo. Don't spend it all in one place. I give him 800 credits. Sure, okay. You pay off your debt. Only uh, only uh, took four days. That was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we do. All right. Let's go. As you walk outside, there is an establishment right next door that catches your eye. Right before you go to the Flesh Factory, it seems to have bright tubes of neon pinks, greens, and blues that form a large sign above this rusty storefront. It says, Gentle Sages, Necrographs, and Sundries. It reads in a swooping font reminiscent of handwriting. Fluorescent paint finishes the display with an image of a rotting undead humanoid in a deeply cut chiffon shirt revealing a vestigial undead head protruding from one shoulder both heads are wearing top hats and monocles oh my god wow oh so it's a fine establishment oh wow i don't think i should go in first i'm a a little unnerved about this this is a little weird uh hiroji you should go through okay first yeah i can i can handle this Oh, I go right in. I think necrographs, I mean, yeah. certainly are disgusting, but I'll walk in. What is a necro? What exactly is that? They take flesh and they graft it onto undead. Like, I don't know. It's very sort of. Well, I mean, it's like a tech upgrade, but with undead components. Oof. Do you walk in? I do. You walk in, you see a large assortment of things like eyes, hearts, bones arms, legs, spinal cords, all beautifully displayed and all quite undead with prices everywhere. Sure enough, you also see a undead man behind the counter who looks exactly like the sign outside. And he greets you. Ah, yes, customers who bear the spark of life. I am the gentle sage. You are most welcome at my necrographs and sundries, but do know that I will not tolerate breathing on my wares. It conveys the stench of the living, don't you know, which is most off-putting from my normal clientele. Oh, you understand, I'm sure. Uh, yes, we do, in fact. We do understand. Yeah, If you, well, if you yeah. like, we can put on, we can uh, activate our spacesuits. That indeed might be most tolerable, yes. I do, I do like that idea, yes. All right. Well, Mo puts his, uh, his visor down on his uh, uh, golem forged plating, and uh, he starts explaining that we're from out of town. Well, yes, of course you're from out of town. Do you think I <laughs> did not notice that? You don't look like the rest of my clientele in this area. That's because we're Starfinder investigators, and we we understand that there's something missing, a, a whole vat of flesh. That can't be right. Uh, where's the typo in this? You are Voxel uh, Darksend, right? What? No, I am the Gentle Sage. Voxel Darksend? I, I cannot say that I know such a creature. 
You must be looking for someone else. Are you here to buy something, or are you here to waste my time? Oh, uh, my mistake, obviously. I'm sure we're, we've gotten that confused. What we really wanted to ask is if anything here was on sale, because we're actually, well, somewhat affluent people who are interested in making a purchase. Ah, yes, I smell... I smell the refinement on you, good sir. Please forgive my previous impoliteness. You do see that there are so many distasteful folk who do come into my shop. You, oh. you are a connoisseur of necrographs, yes? Uh, oh, connoisseur—I've I, certainly heard of them. Uh, let, let, well, there's no reason to talk about that. And as far as unsavory folk, I walked in with three of them. I certainly understand. No, 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 no. You, no. I smell you have had work done. Look, it's sir. best. It's best to talk about other things. Do, so, do you have anything on sale? I moment? go behind Rusty, and I'm actually looking at the back of his head, like. Mm-hmm. And yet, why? Why do you? Why are you so embarrassed of this work? This work is excellent work. This is the best work wow. I've ever seen. I can smell it on you. Oh. All that that melodious voice, that beautiful heartbeat, I hear it right in my ear. Perhaps a serum of appearance change to smooth over the edges, but no, no, no. You have some of the most exquisite necrographs, sir, I have ever seen. Well, I, I, I hmm. imagine that actually you're simply responding to a certain certain cosmetic affectations that I I have on that change my smell and, and make me look a little more appearance. I am absolutely human. Of course I am. I, uh, and I want to make a bluff check. And yet you are augmented in the most delightfully undead <laughs> way. Yes, this is this is rather curious, Rusty. Hmm. Oh, he puts on the costumes all uh, the time. This I'd is... like to make a bluff check, uh, Steve, in which to pass a secret message to the person I'm talking to, Jonesworth Langfall. Sure. Too bad you don't telepathy. I, however, do telepathy. Okay, with a 32 bluff check, I ask sure. him about his wares and say, uh, I am on a secret mission, and uh, these cannot be trusted, is the secret message I'm saying in my banter. Mo is going to make a perception check. Go right ahead. Yeah, nice try. 21. All right, well. Well, Rusty looks like Rusty, although now you look at him, he does look a little peckish. Yeah, I'm taking a nice... Perhaps it's the undead light in here that makes him look a little uh, less than human, but that's just just an... Man, oh, that that's an illusion. That doesn't really... Tuttle's going to take a different direction with it. He's going to ask the... the, the gentle sage. sage. The de- gentle, I was about to say the delightful sage. <laughs> no, the ge- um, if if I was to want to get some of the same sort of augmentations my friend has, what would that? What would I need? Can hey, what's of, that over there? Can you sort of uh, estimate what he's what he's got? Why I have the collection of the most finest necrographs in the splice. Anything that you might be able to imagine that is available. In shops around the galaxy, you can find here in this shop installation for your charge. Well, well, that's wonderful. I think that's great. Uh, are you able to put graphs onto robots like the one with us? There's no flesh. It might be somewhat difficult. Uh, it depends on your your purchase, of course. Uh, it is much easier to put it into uh, someone like, say, uh, your, your friend here, for example. <laughs> One thing is, uh, Cheddar is part goblin. He is six percent goblin. Yeah, it, the necrographs would probably. That's a very delicate balance between goblin flesh and 
robot. So the necrographs would probably mess it up and make everything out of Tuttle, Tuttle considers it for about three seconds longer than he should before he says he doesn't want to do it. <laughs> so one thing you should know is that the Mark I necrographs are an incredibly reasonable 200 credits each. While the Mark II necrographs, which are level six, are 4,000 credits each. But there's tons of great stuff here. There's 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 an endless variety of shapes and sizes. I, I'm not understanding the concept. So you take some undead flesh and graft it onto your, your body? You augment your living flesh, your weakness with the power of the undead, yes. Perhaps perhaps uh, you should explain to Mr. Hiroji the bone blade. That seems like it might be up his alley. So the, uh, the bone blade is a weapon that is built into undead arms, then grafted onto their recipients. It has a retractable blade into the limb, uh, can be extended from the wrist for combat. Uh, extending or retracting a bone blade uh, is very quick action. Um, it can come in very handy in a, in a scrap or a fight, which uh, unfortunately this part of the, of the splice is all too common, I'm afraid. Really? How much is that? 200? Really? That will run you just a measly 200 credits. So let me get this straight. You're going to splice a bone into my wrist that I can retract as a weapon? Yes, of course. Isn't it brilliant? Wow. So incredibly, I... incredibly useful. What kind, what kind of weapon does that count as? Is that, would that be an operative weapon? I mean, out of character, Steve. Uh, no, it is a 1d4. For the Mark I, it's 1d4 slicing. Um, there's also the heavy blade, Lashing. which is 2d4 slicing, and uh, for the Mark II, it's 1d8 slashing, and then heavy is 2d8 slashing. And if you critical, you stagger them. I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering if I can use sneak attack with it. Oh wait, sorry. Standard bow blades are one-handed simple weapons with the operative weapon special ah, property. See. Wow. Uh, yep. You know what? Sold. I will take one. <laughs> <laughs> If installation uh, is free, I mean. Hold in. on, hold on. Wait a minute. The heavy minute. bone blade is not operative, but they do more damage. So you can do the light bone blade. And all he has to do is cut off your arms and then put on these instead. And you will literally have Wolverine claws. Bone Just claws. Just the simplest of medical procedures, wait, 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 I assume. Wait, wait, wait. wait a minute. I thought it was some it's kind of... It's exceptional to be safe, as, or so I understand. So wait, you cut off my both arms? Or is oh, it just, yes, one, of course. just one arm? Well, not the entire arm, only the lower half of the arm. Not at the wrist, I should say. Although I could go up a little higher if you do prefer it. Uh, have more undead flesh to augment your weakness. Your living, breathing body. Oh, so disgusting. <laughs> oh, unfortunately, Hiroji is out of credits. I have 200 credits. Oh, that's right. Oh, <laughs> I'm exactly. You it. my shop without credits. Uh, How dare you? <laughs> Rusty over here is, is quite, uh, quite, quite wealthy. It, not for your human companion. I would simply ask you to leave my premises. Uh, they have spendable coin, though not perhaps as much as they should. Certainly not to the standards that I'm sure you're used to yourself. Oh, and speaking of which standards, actually, I, I actually have heard there's been other riffraff that's been coming into this neighborhood recently. I don't know if you've seen any. Oh, why, yes. There are always these distasteful gangs of individuals who come and want to be rough and they want to 
throw their undead weight around. They want to act superior. Uh, of course, I do not brook in such tactics. I don't approve of, of such techniques. But uh, there, there are gangs of uh, retired, uh, retired Eoxian Navy professionals and gangs of street rats and, and other such unmentionables who do roam around these parts. Yes, you, you are correct. Have you actually seen any of them recently? We were just actually talking to a friend of ours that we're staying with in town, and she said there was just a recently like a, a theft of an entire vat of flesh from the, the, the factory across the way. That was, seemed unconscionable. Ah, well, yes, that, that is rather odd. Usually the, um, usually the crimes that are committed are, are petty larceny and uh, a little bit of assault here and there. Uh, some people take things so personally. Um, but an entire vat of flesh does seem strange, I, I do admit. Oh, but you don't know anything about it. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry for troubling you. My apologies. I no, was just making no, a conversation. I, as, if I, as if I care about the, these crimes that are committed, I am simply here to sell my wares and uh, add a little bit of class to this place. You see, it is so lacking. Do you, do you mind the crime around here? As long as they leave my shop alone, I suppose they it's fine. Like I said, I, I, I don't mind being the most refined creature on this block. I'm always going to show him, show him uh, the report about the stolen vat and say, where is this place that this vat was stolen? Oh, oh, yes. Flesh-worn fabrication. Yes, rather distasteful place. They have such an ugly fence and, and the smell. Although I do understand that some find it appetizing. It is rather off-putting to my refined sensibilities. Uh, th this place is simply across the street. It is very close. Walk outside and you'll see it. Oh, yes. okay. Uh, you, Mo, you idiot. We're already on Seth Rock Commons. Why don't you pay attention when I give you the map? Oh, okay. I'm gonna have to think over this uh, this craft. See, uh, in the Pact worlds, I'm considered quite handsome. And he isn't. This might really. Yeah. That's a surprise. <laughs> yes, and this might uh, disrupt my my other other people on other planets might find it off putting. So I have to really think about that. But it is it sounds very useful though. It is only because they do not appreciate the beauty that is the undead. My assistant and I can assure you that we are indeed the most beautiful creatures on this block. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. Your operating theater, is it clean? Why, well, of course it's clean. Okay. What else would it be? Uh, I, I think he's concerned about... Remember, the living are so vulnerable to pathogens and little organisms ah, and all yes. that's... Infections and the like, yes, yes. Such weakness, I do understand. No, you'll find none of that in my operating theater. I take pains to make sure things are clean, and make sure that there are no diseases and no bugs and nothing of the sort. Don't you worry your pretty little heads. Ugh. <laughs> right. All right, I'm gonna have Go to ahead, think do it. it. No, I'm gonna have to think chicken. about that. I'm gonna have to think about that. How long does this operation take? Mo is Mo is curious. He's he's a curious vest here. How long would it take? Would you ask how long it would take an artist to finish a painting? Would you ask how long it would oh, take yeah. a master sculptor to finish his magnum opus? It takes as long as it takes, sir. Oh, oh, okay. And by that I mean a couple of hours. Oh. We, we, we have time for that. Yeah, let me think about that. I just, it seems like a big well, commitment. 
let's do this in stages. First, let's remove Hiroji's arms, and then he can actually mull over what he wants to do with it. Is it arms? They take your arms or wrists off, or hands off, and they put new hands on there. Is that what you're saying to me? Well, how else would you do it? That's how you do it. The human is correct. As usual, I knew you were the smart one of the group. What are you waiting for, Hiroji? Go ahead, do it already. Nah, I'm not doing it. Do it yourself. It's your loss. There's lots of other beautiful necrographs I'm sure he would be interested in selling you. I'm very poor, though. That's my problem. Like, I can only afford cheap ones. But some of these other characters might like some other necrographs, like an eye or something. Do you have an eye of Vecna? <laughs> Who is this Vecna you speak of? Is this some other ghoul I'm unaware of? <laughs> Probably, actually. Yeah. There are wrath, sorry, wraith motes, which do replace your eyes with glowing red motes of fiery red light, which smolder and produce thin trails of white smoke. It allows you to see in low light, dark vision, or even greater. Really? That's kind of cool, too. <sighs> I find myself intrigued by the hand of Vecna, or technically it is. <laughs> Technically, it is the enervating hand, but it's like a hand. It's an undead hand that does cold damage. Sorry, I'm, I'm going OOC and looking at pay, at the actual armory stuff. That is a good choice. Might I interest you in uh, the wraith modes, like, like I was pointing out here? Make your eyes this beautiful glow. Uh, vampire voice, like your, your friend has... Oh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, like your friend seems like he would admire. What does a vampire voice do? <laughs> Why, it attaches to your vocal cords, grants you a supernaturally threatening tone. Anyone that you talk to will be quaking in their boots if you like to scare them into submission, or if you simply just want to give them a uh, taste of perhaps what you might be able to affect, so to speak, when it comes to the more martial arts. That's very interesting, Captain. He's with a little stare at her, a yeah, little that's, stare at Rusty. That's rather interesting. Okay, so curious. the mouse wants to have his ears removed. Let's just start there. Excellent choice. I said no such thing. I might consider the hand, but not, like, not my ears. Leave my Give ears. Me 45 on. minutes. I can lop those right off for you. Excellent. That's great. And actually, there's a ghoul next door who would actually love to, to have a little snack if you could hold on to them. Is that Juanita you're mentioning? Oh, of course. Oh, you know her. We're actually staying with her. We're friends of hers. How is she treating you? She is so very kind. Uh, she's treating us with, well, with the minimum level of hospitality, but otherwise with a great deal of warmth. Well, that is excellent to hear, I must say. She is one of my favorite irascible ghouls. Well, she seems unhappy in her job, though. I, I hope that she's she's not genuinely unhappy, do you know? Well, are any of us ever really, truly happy? I mean, yourself. Would you consider yourself happy? You do have to breathe, and you have to eat, and you do smell just rather ripe. If you'll forgive me. And just look at my companions. You have no idea. <laughs> well, hmm. this is all fine and good, but this is not getting us to... Uh... We're, we're we're looking for the corpse fleet. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna. Let's, come, let's... I think we're gonna come back to there because yeah. we, we have some very interesting things, but it's a little. Actually, do you have any corpse fleet customers? I'm just asking from curiosity. I hope you don't mind. Do I have any corpse fleet customers? Why, of course not, sir. That would be illegal. No one on Eox has anything to do with the corpse fleet, and that is our official position. And you shall not 
convince me to admit otherwise. As I say, we're staying next door with with uh, uh, Professor Trek. So obviously, I was only asking on her behalf. But obviously, I realized I was out of place. My apologies. Yes, you are sorry, aren't you? He's so sorry. Rusty, what's wrong with you? Do you need me to do the talking? I would like a no, phantom. No, no, no. I was completely very sorry with everything. Phantom basal ganglia. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff in here. <laughs> Mark three. Take your time. Look about my wares. Ask any questions that you might have. It's not like I'm on a timeline the way you are a mouth breather. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take a pamphlet and I will uh, look it over and I'll be back. Do have a good day, please. All right. Mo's going to take his stinking corpse. Uh, or sorry, stinking, uh, stinking body. mouth breather self. Yes. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. So Mo sees, of course, across the street is the fleshwork of fabrications. You see tall metal walls behind a chain link fence and wide looming security gates mark this as some sort of industrial factory. You can see that there's massive metal and concrete buildings, large vats and other horrible things. The stench of flesh being manufactured is repulsive. Hmm. Can I climb this fence? This might be a chance I get to use my climbing skill. You don't want to get shot, though. Well, I don't. He didn't say there was guard towers out in front of it. I mean, it's you don't want to try the door first. Uh, we are on official business. Yeah, and... I guess. But I mean, I get. I never use my climbing ability. Hiroji goes to the door. A sign reads, attention visitors, call for agent that hangs above an intercom on one side of the gates. Okay, I ring the buzzer. You ring the buzzer. You hear a voice on the buzzer. Yes? Who's there? What may I ask is your business? Your Starfinders uh, looking for Voxel Darksend. Uh, for what purpose? Uh, we're following up on a corpse fleet incident report. Oh, oh, excellent, excellent. I'll be right there. Very good. Rusty. Yes. Huddle. We're going in. That's right. The gates open and you see a male corpse folk greet you at the gates. He seems quite excited to see you. Uh, oh, this is Voxel. Oh, well, we, we Voxel? don't know that yet. Sorry. No, I think Voxel is, for the moment, a fake lead. Yeah. He may, he may come into play later, but for now, I think... Or, wait, no. This is Voxel. Well, Voxel we don't, we don't know his name yet, so... <laughs> that's Anyhow... Amanda, you want to do this one, last one? No, I should probably get going here. Oh, okay. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, but thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, that was great. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much. It's wonderful. So, as I understand it, you wrote a great deal of this adventure. Can you oh, yeah. give us... I wrote the whole adventure. <laughs> yeah, I know. Can you give us any clues? Spoilers. <laughs> we need spoilers. Yeah. I, meant, I did mean spoilers, yes. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, I don't know if your GM really wants me to do that. Oh, he does. Do that. No spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. Right yeah, that's what we want. Oh, do. yeah. Rusty is the person who. No, you need spoilers because nah. you're gonna get killed. Nah. No, that was that, that was great. No, that really is. Thank no, you for thank you. Uh, coming. Yeah, thanks for thanks yeah, for joining yeah. us. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. I wish I could be on a little bit longer. Um, but yeah. Um, have fun, you guys. Sounds good. Excellent. Yeah. 
when you have time, you let me know. We, <laughs> yeah, we, we do, do this, this every week. week. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to, I, I mean, I'd like to be on for a little bit uh, longer, but, um, you know, cool. Yeah. Did we, did we start a year ago? Did we, did we, did we Literally. Start? We yeah. did, right? Like last yeah. August. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We're slow. See, actually, <laughs> actually, tonight is the one-year anniversary of the first episode going up on the site. Oh, nice. happy anniversary. Okay, congratulations. Yeah, That's awesome. I mean, we, obviously, we probably were recording like a week or two before, but yeah, the actual yeah. first episode went up on the 26th. Yes, we're thirsty. Oh, very cool. Great. Oh, very cool. Thank you very much for coming. Yeah, no problem. Thank you uh, for putting up with all these characters who are just really rude and mean. And <laughs> That's great. We love names. it. <laughs> You're very we're, good we're, at We're playing. usually pretty rude and mean. <laughs> pretty much every NPC in this part of the adventure is uh, just a real jerk, uh, if not just totally lying about everything they're saying. So It's, it's, a, little, it's, it's awesome. a little disappointing that they seem to like Rusty, though, but other than that. Sure, yeah, and why not? Suspicious. We learned something. He can't things. impress the ghoul with um, his very high-quality things that he doesn't have, right? Right, Rusty? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's, that sounds it's exactly his, It's right. his haircut. Uh, he has a really good haircut. <laughs> One guy gets made fun of his ha- for his haircut. The other guy is best friends with the ghoul because of his haircut. <laughs> All about the hair in this universe. And yet, Tuttle's co- covered with hair, and no one seems to like him. So, I like Tuttle. Poor Tuttle. Uh, well, you know, rat. And, and a, and a, a brace man of, with a robot. And abrasive personality, that as well. I do like his hair. I like his mad scientist hair he's got going on. Oh, I agree with that. Well, it really was genuinely a pleasure meeting you. Yeah, yeah. Um, thank you, and uh, have a good session. And yeah, well, I'm sure we'll be in touch. Thank you. Cool. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks. Yeah. So she was saying how Winetta and the Gentle Sage were like her two favorite characters of all time, and so I wanted to give her the opportunity to try to play them. Oh, yeah. I kind of missed why he was in this. Was he just an NPC, or... Who? The Gentle Sage? Yeah. Ah, he's just an NPC. He's just oh. an NPC. Um, do you, would you consider it a spoiler to tell us to look up the uh, augmentations? The no, I said that. You can look on page 94. No, what and I'm saying is like, no, no, no. Like before we do a session to just tell us, hey, check out the augmentations to see if there's anything that appeals to you that might come into play. Something like that. You lost me. I mean, you can see them. What I'm saying is that while we're, when we're playing the game, you can't play the game and read, you know, the rules at the same time, you know? Right. What I'm saying is that if we would have done that before, then we could have like picked out the things. Oh that we yeah, no. yeah. I didn't particularly want to turn that into a shopping trip. That didn't. You don't have to, right but you can always go back. I mean, we're not going to finish all of this tonight, anyhow. So between now and next session, if you want to get something installed, I'm actually a little intrigued. I'm actually a little intrigued with the enervating hand because it's like a once per day cold attack that does like four d six or forty four or something. No, necrographs are very, very, very good. They're also insanely cheap. 200 is ridiculous for them. However, as soon as you have one installed, you get the undead subtype. Oh, wow. What's that mean? That means anything that affects undead now affects you. Does that mean you're immune to things? Yes. Something. Really? Yeah. Like mind, like mind control? No, not like that. Like it's that? just, oh. no, unfortunately, you get both. 
So it's sort of uh, it helps with certain things that. Um, That's what I figured. Yeah, yeah it, it helps with some things. It's not great, but it actually, if anything, it's worse because things that like, oh, this does damage only to undead. Normally, you'd be like, oh, I'm living. It doesn't do damage to me. It's like, no, it does damage to you both living and undead because you're both so it's oh, like you right. don't get the benefits you only get the negatives. right right uh, okay. that makes sense yeah but these necrographs are really good <laughs> i knew the bone to bone blades are literally bone claws from wolverine yeah yeah <laughs> those are cool the heavy ones are excellent i mean 2d8 slashing um uh I mean, you can't use them as an operative weapon, but that's pretty good, you know. That is. I, I just good. like the name these these squirming entrails. Oh yeah, that one's even great. That one's great. I love that. Yeah, one. I like that one too. They're all good. They're all really good. But that's kind of gross. <laughs> that's really gross. Oh yeah, they're all gross. Yeah, I just can't picture Mo. He's more like cutting potatoes. off his arms or cutting yeah, off his legs that, or something. Doing this, that, that's kind of crazy. That's a little off the beaten path. He doesn't do that. We have more questions than answers about Rusty. <laughs> well, I'm more sorry. questions. That was so good. Uh, <laughs> uh, she was totally outed for that. Rusty got outed. I, I don't know what you're talking about. And by the way, I made every bluff check there. Yep. Worst kept secret ever well while admitting, <laughs> while admitting nothing you guys have actually heard vampire voice at least once really uh when we were fighting that one creature that tried to drag it into the slime pit i said i wanted to taunt and get his attention and my voice altered into a strange dark you know nasty uh voice and it attracted its attention it gives a bonus on intimidate checks nice yeah it actually saved mo's life huh so, so yeah, at least once you actually heard vampire voice. That's what yeah. I'm yeah, I'm, I just I like I like the, uh, the there's cool abilities that it gives you, but it's but it's so filthy. It's undead. You actually get the undead subtype once you get one. Well, <sighs> I admit nothing. I mean, undead are evil. Not they're not. <laughs> undead <laughs> are not evil. They're undead not. are evil. They're not. Not they're... not in this corner of the universe. Undead equals evil. I bet a paladin would have something to say about that. Yeah, there are no paladins. No paladins. Yeah, there are, but there are, but there are holy weapons. Like there are holy water grenades and things. That is true. There's actually a holy fusion, which is right. quite useful against the undead. Right. Exactly. And disruptive fusion. Also, it's like why would those things exist? Those are holy, i.e., good, and they work on things that are undead, i.e., evil. So undead is evil. That's the logic. Yeah. Anyhow. Okay. So I've heard your ready? logic, and we're moving on. Yeah. Okay. I'm ready. I'm standing right there talking to this All guy. right. The doors open, and you see a male corpse folk. He seems quite excited and says to you, Finally, it's about time the ministry sent somebody. You have no idea how much I've needed to tell my bosses that I did not steal or lose the missing flesh. Well, what are you waiting for? Get in here. And he uh, very quickly moves and motions for you to come in, come in. Enter. You all come in. He goes, yes, yes. Let, let me show you the revelant vat. Uh, uh, hurry, hurry. I'll show you right away. Now, we, we all know that this is the guy that Sean warned us about. Who? No, we don't know that yet because he hasn't told us his name. 
Okay. He hasn't told us his name. I thought he, he brings, had. He brings you over. He says, oh, yes. Uh, 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 yes, Mr. Agents. Or are you cops? Which which should I call you? By the way, I'm Voxel Darksend. I'm the one who, who put in the report. Uh, so, so, officers, officers, over here, over here. Mo gasps. And you don't have to call us officers, but let's let's not really discuss exactly what level of authority we're at. It would probably be best for both you and us alike, all right? Why don't you just tell us the story in its entirety from the beginning? Oh, God, yes. Yes. Uh, I'm so sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll keep it quiet between us. Uh, official business and such. I, I get it. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, this is excellent. Excellent. Uh, I'm glad you're amused, uh, but this is business. Could you get to it? I'm not kidding. Intimidate of 33. Do you use the vampire voice? I do not this time. I probably should have, you know, but at this point, you, I was in danger of being outed from the last room, so no. He shows you the, uh, the uh, vat, which is empty from the recent theft. He also shows you a photo on his data pad of the badge he found next to the vat immediately following the theft's discovery and then pulls the badge out itself he says yes yes here's the badge i found at some time between the hours of 11 30 and 1300 yesterday an entire vat of flesh disappeared i i i discovered the flesh was missing and i found this badge with the corpse fleet insignia next to the empty vat i i recorded it and here here's the digital photo see see here's the timestamp. see see i actually did it okay this is not me i had nothing to do with this and here and here's the, the corpse fleet uh insignia so so here it is here's the badge. all right all right all right sir give it give, give me the give me the badge right now okay now let's talk about your friends in the corpse fleet we, we know about you. We've heard about you. And we, we know that you're up to something. So why don't, if you come clean now, things will be better for you in the long run. I'm, I'm confused. I, I have nothing to do with the corpse fleet. I, I just work here. I, I, I just manage the vats and the flesh. I, 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 it's a crime to be part of the corpse fleet. That's, it's, that's permanent death. Mm, I do it. With the 12. All right. That's good. Hiroji gets a 12. Uh, he's scared out of his mind. Oh, good lord, I roll a one. I still well, had an intimidated 33. I hope he would actually respond to that. But, all right. he's, oh, he's scared out of his mind. Yeah, he's uh, he's terrified. Mo has an 18. Nice! <laughs> he senses everything. Nothing escapes me. Nothing. <laughs> I only get a plus yeah. 8. Uh, yeah, they, they, Mo suddenly uh, has a realization. Wait a minute, Rusty has a vampire voice. Uh, he, 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 does he sense any motive at an 18 or is that too low? No, you sense that this guy's telling the truth and, uh, he seems he like says he's, that to Rusty. Like so to Rusty, yeah, he tells right, that to right, Rusty. Right, calm down. So Rusty doesn't like embarrass himself and not sensing anybody's motives. <laughs> uh, there it he is. Right. Says, he says, the vat, the vat, um, it's completely empty, but there might be some clues inside the vat if, you, if you'd like to go into it. All right, sir. This doesn't oh. sound suspicious at all, but sure. <laughs> oh, we'll go yes. into it. I look, up, I look above the vat. Is there a big, like, you know, nozzle or something that can be pulled and something would dump into this vat? Or... Oh, yeah, yeah. There's definitely, like, mechanisms where the flesh uh, is actually liquid flesh is poured into these vats, and then they pour it out and they shape it into those lovely necrographs you saw across the street you know arms legs eyes other other beautiful things 
Ugh. All right, so you know what? I'll, I'll look from here. Rusty, why don't you go get a closer look? I, I don't really Mo is closer. in the vat. Uh, yeah, Mo's in the vat. But Mo can't see anything. Mo, Mo's not. Uh, I'll climb he up has to the edge low of the light vat vision. And well, well, he says, uh, well, oh, he, he starts pushing some buttons and he wants to let you in the vat. But he's like, oh, um, um, yeah, there's. There's actually some problems with the computer control console. Uh, you might give me a few minutes. Uh, something's malfunctioning. Can you? Uh, do any of you know anything about computers? Maybe you can. You help yes. me override this so I can let you in. You want to? Uh, I'm getting to out of the vat. Our engineer to take a look at that. We have an engineer here on staff. Oh yes, yes. Please, officer. Please do. Officer. You can refer. You can refer to me as special agent. Okay, special agent, and you, officer, uh, uh, what's your name? Captain. Uh, He's looking at at Tuttle. Is this going to be computers or engineering? I'm sorry. Uh, Computers. Or engineering, either one. Computers 26, more than enough. You just type in a few quick commands and are able to override the uh, jamming mechanism, and the vat opens with a... And you're like, he's like, oh, excellent, Ooh. excellent. Uh, you agents really know your stuff. I'm very impressed. It's like, uh, yes, M- Mr. Vesk, Sir Vesk, uh, Agent Vesk, if, you, if you'd like to go in. Okay. Mo you can in. just call him Vesk. That's fine. I'm Agent Mo. Agent Mo. You, you climb <laughs> into, the va- into the vat, and even for a Vesk, the smell is overpowering. Well, that's why this... he's got his faceplate down. <laughs> I know, but even with the fa- even with the oh, faceplate really? down, yeah, it's one of those things. You know how, like, no matter as much as you try to keep yeah. out the smell, it still doesn't really work. Yeah. That's what this is. It's just it's just overpowering, especially inside the vat. All right. Well, he he's he's searching around inside the vat, just feeling around, going around and around. Ding 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 ding. Give me perception check. Yes. Sixteen. Sixteen. You're searching around, searching around, and in the bottom of the vat, you find a curious bone spur-like shard among the scraps of synthetic flesh left in the vat. I think I found your problem here. You got yourself a bone shard. You want to keep ah. those out of here. These are no good. What is that? Let's I take a close look at that. You continue your look. That's all you can find. There's, there's little gobs and goops and uh, remnants of flesh in here. But obviously, this is the only thing that you found of interest is these bones. Right. Mo's going to get out and shake. He's going to give a good shake when he gets out of the the, 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 the <laughs> oh, vet. You're like a wet dog. You're yeah, just gonna shake all over get everyone. Good shake. I better He's stand clear. Whip that tail all the way around. Uh, oh, there's so much. Hey, Hiroji, where are you going? Yeah, I don't want. I want to. I, no. I want to keep clean. Although no. he gives you as much warning as a dog does when it when it's wet. So you're 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 wet now. It's just oh, some flesh. It's not a big deal. Actually, I, I'm. I'm looking at Rusty too and seeing if he like he kind of probably enjoys this because this is like food for him, no? Uh, I'm I'm ignoring your observation, uh, Mr. Darksand. Is it? Is that your name, Darksand? Yes, yes, yes. And you find anything, that, sir? That your legal name. We're gonna find in records. Of course, sir. 
All right. All right. As you say, uh, we're going to need a couple of, well, actually probably several buckets of the flesh that's remaining in that vat as we take back for evidence. Our scientist here, Dr. Tuttle, is going to take care of that back in our lab. If you could arrange for that, I'd appreciate it. In the meantime, what I want to know is how could a bone spur get into your flesh? This is supposed to be flesh only, isn't it? Yes, yes. Perhaps it's a clue. Perhaps the proprietor who stole the flesh left something behind a bone spur those are not supposed to be in there so that 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 sounds like a clue to me what what do you say agents i think what, he's right what this is, is a bone clue. spur exactly oh i i don't know maybe maybe you know if anyone has a mysticism you might be able to figure out what oh, life science life science uh, mysticism actually I let me do that because i'm the only now. one hold on I think I can assist now. Hold on. Four for mysticism. It's a bone spur, Mo. I will make my own roll because Hiroji gets a, rolls a three. That's Hiroji gets a There, there's a 13. Let me tell you. Wow. All of you know that it is a bone it's pretty spur. Pretty sad. Perhaps with a little bit of space Google and some time, you might be able to figure out what this is. I think it's a bone spur. I told you. And I'm assuming that you're giving us the idea that there should not be bone spurs inside your vats of flesh. Is that correct? Oh, of course not. Our vats of flesh are kept at the utmost cleanest. We only have the finest flesh in our factories. Well, maybe he knows what it is. Like, what is this? What is this? Do you know what this is? Like, explain this to me. He looks at I'm not from this world. Let's see. Maybe he would know. He has no idea what this is. Like, I don't know <laughs> no what it knows. is, but it's not supposed to be in there. <laughs> wow, we're all a bunch of ignoramuses. Now, obviously, we don't have to take this up with any of the authorities about the fact that you seem to have non-flesh items in your actual factory conditions. Maybe, though, you could give us records of everyone who had access to this area during the period of time that you're discussing. Oh, well, uh, I don't really have records so much as that. That would be everyone here in this factory, and that's that's thousands of workers. So uh, it's, it's, I don't know. I'd have to ask my authorities to uh, to give me and release those uh, even to someone such as yourself. Uh, uh, but I can follow up with it. Of course, I will follow up and, and give you release information as much as possible. I think the I think this weird thing that we found in here is the key. So let's we need to research that a little more, I think. Well, yeah. that's the clue. Uh, my last question then is, okay, can you actually tell me who was within 30 feet of this vat? Or 10 feet? Well, the, the other clue is the, 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 the computer breaking down. Uh, maybe another computer check. Like, do, does this thing break down a lot? Oh, actually, uh, it does. It's been oh, man, man, oh, malfunctioning okay. for uh, a couple of weeks now. So uh, we, we, some people thought that perhaps that this just could have been computer error or a glitch of some sort. But I, 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 I know for a fact that this vat was full of flesh. Uh, the, the only other person who was really uh, in this area was myself and Sean. Sean? Sean? Oh, we know Sean. Oh, we met Sean, yeah. yeah. Oh, we know Sean well. He's the, the living, isn't he? Oh, oh, Sean. I like Sean. He and I are buddies. Uh, it would never be him. He, he's trying to become undead. That's a, that's a long road to take. He would probably do nothing to, to jeopardize his uh, yeah, transformation. Uh, you wouldn't happen to know where Sean is right now, would you? 
Why, yes, I think he's working around here. Uh, uh, would you like me to get him? Uh, in the meantime, I can uh, get that uh, bucket of uh, flesh, if you wish. Yeah, definitely a bucket of flesh. Oh, several buckets, as I said, for our, uh, for our lab work. Well, uh, I can get uh, one for now, and then I'll have to get the so, rest released. So you're holding back on us no, now? No, no, no. It's above, it's above my pay above. grade. It's above my pay grade. Oh, he seems really... He's like, oh, I'll catch you something else, though. Uh, I'll catch you something else that, that, that I think you'll like. Uh, uh, hold on a second. Hold on. Uh, let, just I, I start jotting second. notes in my little uh, my computer pad as he's rushing off. <laughs> you're being so mean to but this guy. Who wants to know what you're right? Oh, well, I want to bring some flesh back to our hostess. She's being very nice and giving us pallets. Well, you got is a whole the, bucket. Is that full. the accepted gift amongst the undead? She asked for some back? flesh. Yeah. Well, why does she need two buckets, though? I mean, she's got. Well, well there's breakfast in the morning. I mean, yeah. there's also maybe a midnight snack for Rusty. Uh, no, 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 no. Please, uh, you've seen me eating human food persistently. Mo wants to know what you were writing down in your uh, little pad there. Oh, nothing. I was faking it. I wanted him to be scared. <laughs> No. <laughs> he, but he, he falls for it. But I fooled you. Yes, I understand. <laughs> he falls for it. <laughs> he comes back with a, a vat of uh, flesh, and uh, it's it's clearly labeled as like garbage. And he's like, uh, uh, "Don't let the label fool you. That's just so uh, so that you can bring it over." Uh, however, before I can hand it over to you, uh, I do need you to sign an affidavit that I can show my superior, stating that you've confirmed that, that the corpse fleet was responsible for for the missing flesh. Uh, and uh, oh, plus, uh, I have an extra surprise present to give you that I think you all enjoy. And by the way, I found Sean. And Sean's like, oh, hey, Bill. Uh, hey, guys. Uh, are you here about the, uh, the complaint I put in? Uh, we're here investigating quite a number of matters, Sean, uh, as I think you know when I talked to you earlier. Oh, that that's right. You, you you were looking for something with the corpse fleet, if I remember. And yeah, them corpse fleet. Yeah, we hate the corpse fleet. And both him and uh, and Vox are nodding their heads like, yeah, yeah, we're we're loyal. We're completely loyal to Eox and all the, the Eoxian citizens. Yes, yes. Wait a minute. Spansing motive. Hold on. Wait a minute. 22. Uh, they, they're telling oh, the truth. Oh, I can add a D6 to that. Hold on. They, they are? They're still telling the truth. Yeah, okay. Huh. But when hmm. I hear we're completely loyal, I figured I'd check that one. Sounds fishy. Sounds really fishy. But if Rusty says they're telling the truth, Rusty knows what's going on. Yep. Uh, Rusty's got a pretty good track record on that front himself. I have no idea what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, he's, he's um, there. Okay. He hasn't lied to us. So actually, the professor probably would be a good one to have a look at this bounce bar, right? Yeah. Well, the academic. I don't All know right. Well, let's title. let's let's thank uh, these guys. Uh, we might need them again. Uh, I'm going to need your thumbprints and a little bit of your own flesh for uh, evidence, just in case we need to talk to you. Just a little scraping, some cell scraping. Certainly, certainly. Uh, after you sign the affidavit, we'll be oh, happy of course, to hand I'm over happy all to. of that. Oh, of course, excellent, I'm excellent. And the affidavit clearly states that they had nothing to do with stealing any of the flesh. That it was. That it was corp fleet agents that uh, were the nefarious evildoers in this operation. Uh, that's fine. I sign it. Bill Hicks. I can't remember what my alias was. Doesn't matter. I just signed it. Okay, thirty-four on my forgery. Bill Ma Bill Manfred Got it. You're just like right. uh, whatever. 
Uh, the first name Bill is visible because that's the name I gave Sean. So what the hell? But there last you go. Name I can't, last name I can't remember what I gave him anyway, so that's fine. They uh, they give you all the information you want. He gives you the vat of flesh, and then he hands you sort of in a little stash, and he uh, whispers in uh, um, Rusty's ear. He goes, uh, "These these uh." These are from my personal stash. I I use them to uh, dislodge large chunks of flesh from the vats. When uh, <laughs> they're sometimes a little stubborn when they get caught in the seams, but I think you can find some use for them. And he hands you three frag grenade Mark threes. Nice. Wow. All right, I'll take them. Nice. And I, I, if I can sleight of hand those into my pocket, I'll do it. Hmm. Uh, if you want, sure. I don't think you can do that. No, you can't do that. Hold on. That's PvP. I'm finding the skill. Yeah, it's PvP. Mo might attack you. That's 20. Wow. Uh, I don't know. Everyone can oh, give me didn't perceptions. Didn't I mention I have a plus 12 on my sleight of hand? I must have forgotten. Oh, that's those Tuttle. 27 perception? Oh my gosh, Tuttle. You know As what I, that means? That means no one in your party trusts Rusty. That's what that means. As, as I notice their observation, I give them a quiet little thumbs up to let them know we're all doing this together. Don't you worry. Yeah, you got to get up pretty early in the morning to get something by me. <laughs> Usually we're doing that against you. I know. I, that's very upsetting. I mean, I I'm can't not... believe two out of three you've got perceptions to beat. Well, well, I have a plus 13 perception, so. Yeah, and I have a plus 12 sleight of hand. I hadn't realized this was going to be a problem. All right. Well, that's, I mean, I'm not even proficient in grenade, although I do like grenades quite a bit. Tuttle briefly considers pulling the pin on one of them, but decides not to. I can, can I use telekinetic hand to pull the pin on one of them? That's a good idea. Noticing their regard, I move over here and I immediately hand one to Dr. Tuttle so he can, you know, examine it. And I'll offer uh, one to Hiroji, but oh, I'll, I'll gladly oh, take. Oh, you're, you're not proficient. Never mind. Here, let me hold yeah, on. Yeah, but it's a, it's a, it's a pretty easy to, to use, though. Okay, I give one to, to Hiroji. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. I, I secrete it on my person with a sleight of hand check. Ew. I secrete onto it. And I get it because I have a plus nine slate of answer. <laughs> I would prefer far less secretions uh, this evening. Uh, we pile the vat of flesh on top of cheddar and have him wheel it back. Okay. So it looks like these these two are very excited. They 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 seek you. Uh, they 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 escort you out. And they're like, thank you, thank you so much, thank you so much. Uh, you, you can keep the badge if you wish. Uh, uh, if uh, yes, 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 and I'll, I'll work on getting yes. some additional vats set over. Thank you, I appreciate that. We'll be staying across the street. We've actually set up a forward base right in this area to investigate this furry. So we've decided right across the street from your doors is our best spot. Now. I don't want to be. Bought. Sean hears that. It's like, oh, excellent, Bill. I'll come by. You and I can share a drink. Us humans, you- we got we got to stay together. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Sure. That's Oh, fine. you made a new friend. Yeah. God damn it. Oh, I'll come by after work. You and I can grab a brewski or two. Right? Right? Right, Bill? This is great. I'm uh, so excited to find uh, another I've, human on this planet. I've got to be going. I'll see you later. Uh, goodbye. All right. See you later, Bill. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> I've never said goodbye to an NPC as much as those guys.
Hey everyone, Steve here. So there you go, you finally find out what was going on with Rusty. Almost every single person thought he was a Borass. That's actually a really good backup if anyone dies, because a Borass is just sort of someone who's taken from their original form and then turned into the end-dead version of their form. So I actually have that in my back pocket in case anyone else dies. I might have them turned into that. But this was a little bit more elegant and a little bit more out there. And I'm going to go through the whole history in case you ever want to do something like this similar to your game as a PC or a GM. So back when Starfinder just came out, you gotta remember there weren't really that many rules out. I don't even know if Alien Archive was out yet. Like we just had the basic rules and that was it. And we were playing book one of Dead Sons. And one of the problems with book one is they were in an area where they couldn't leave. And they all got infected, not all, but Rusty got heavily infected with this disease that was going to kill him. Because it actually is diminishing returns. Like, you have to make two saves consecutively in a row, and if you fail, you go down the track. And each time you go down the track, it gets harder to make the saves. I did the math. I actually took years of statistical analysis in college. So I actually did the statistical analysis, and there was no chance. There was the, the, the chances were so slim of him surviving, and I didn't really want to waste time. Now, I've heard how other people do it, is they just basically brute force through the encounter, get everything done in a day or two, and then hopefully mitigate the damage of the disease because in a day or two they can get back to the station and then take treatments and survive it. But my guys didn't do that. They actually wanted to sit it out and heal up before they kept going, which was just making it worse and worse and worse. So I didn't want them to go back to the station. So I came up with the solution is that I'm going to give them some more healing kits, which gave them pluses on their medicine checks. The problem was as many checks and as many kits as I gave them, they went through all of them and they were still failing. That's how hard it was for Rusty to make it. Now, for various reasons, I didn't want him to die on the show. First of all, it was in the beginning. Second of all, they were stuck in this area where it's going to be very hard for me to figure out a way to get someone else into the show and into the environment they're in. And actually, just for like playing style, it's actually hard to kill someone off right at the beginning. It's actually easy to kill someone off right at like level one, but at level two or level three, that's actually some of the hardest times to kill someone off because that's when people are starting to get their legs under them and you guys are starting to figure out how to play together as a party. So I didn't really want to kill them off. Plus, they were completely isolated. It was the very beginning of the isolated part of the adventure. It was going to be a logistical nightmare. And quite frankly, you know, selfishly, I didn't really want him to completely die for the sake of the show itself. Now, do trust me, if they die now, they die. Okay, it's a little bit easier now. There's a lot more options to get them back into this. And, and there's a lot more rules that have come out now. We got Alien Archive 1 and 2 and Pack Worlds and Armory and lots more. So there's just more out there. But at the time, there was not that much out there. The show was new. We were stranded on that ship that was isolated and quarantined, and he was going to die. So I came up with an idea. It's like, okay, he's going to have these experimental Eoxian packs that were actually going to replace his flesh 
with necrotic flesh, and there's going to be nanites going into his flesh and changing his flesh to necrotic flesh. That was my original idea. And when it happened, I spoke to Bob and I said, this is what we're going to do. Every time you level up, we're going to actually have you take a little bit more of the undead traits and you're going to slowly transform yourself into an undead. And he was cool with that because, quite frankly, they're pretty good. Like, suddenly he had dark vision. If you notice, way back when, he started saying, oh, you know what, I can see in the dark. And other undead traits he was getting. Now, of course, Bob only cared about his looks. Or should I say Rusty, just wanted to make sure he looked really, really good. He didn't care he was turning undead as long as he looked great doing it. Which brought me to the next thing. There is a serum of appearance change. That is fantastically powerful. It's dirt cheap. You can just drink it, and then voila, you can appear as anything you want. And it's 100% effective, and it's sort of permanent. It's kind of ridiculous how cheap this thing is. So, with that, he had some undead features in him, and then he had the serum of appearance change. And everything was really good, and everything was working out great. Fast forward a few weeks, when all of a sudden I got book three and I saw the necrographs, and this is the crazy part, is the necrographs were almost exactly what I wanted to do with Rusty, but it was actually officially in the book in a certain form. So I said to Bob, I was like, Bob, this is actually even better. Instead of me coming up with my own system, I just want to make it that these nanobots came in and replaced your defective organs with new ones. And you have a necrograph, and it's highly experimental. And the one I replaced was his heart. He actually got the black heart. And he was really cool with that. And then he's like, well, how about my eyes too? So we're like, okay. So we gave him the uh, wraith motes. So he has new eyes and a new heart. And then before you know it, and he did this totally on his own, he's been upgrading and buying more and more and more necrographs as he levels up. And he has... I'm not going to tell you exactly how many he has, but let's just say he has quite a few at this point. And the beautiful thing is, no one knows because of that serum of appearance change. So, how did we come up with the actual reveal? Because Bob went through extreme lengths to make sure no one knew. Now, first of all, he didn't know I was going to do this. He kind of knew things might be up once they went to Eox. He knew that. The second thing is, I made a very important point to have Amanda do the unveiling. Because if I did it, he might have fought me or given me some pushback. But you get a guest to do it, and you have someone from Paizo do it, it's much, much easier for Bob to accept it and sort of go along than me. Like, me, he'll fight, but he's not going to fight Amanda. And suddenly, he's, uh, he's caught up with it, and he's actually having fun with it. And... The other thing is, how do you get past the appearance change? It was perfect. She had the gentle sage, who was supposedly the master of necrographs, and I had him smell them. So that way it went through his disguise, and suddenly the gentle sage had this way to detect them that no one else could, and because they were this highly experimental, really high-quality versions, that he can smell them all, and then he all of a sudden started talking about them, and everyone knew the jig was up. So there you go. That sort of was the whole enchilada, if you will, of how I thought this up. 
So overall, once again, how it was going to work is I came up with my own method for him to slowly turn into an undead. But I usually don't like trying my own things, and these guys also don't really like it so much that we like to use official materials from the books. And luckily, necrographs appeared. I showed him the necrographs. He loved them. He and I agreed. We gave him the heart and then some eyes. And then he's just been doing it on his own. That every level, he just buys another one. And he keeps increasing and getting more and more necrographs. And he's just gone full force on it. And then, even better, the armory expanded the necrographs considerably from book three. So now there's a ton more. So he's all pimped out and necrographs, and no one knows exactly which ones. So I'm going to let him have some of the mystery. You do know that there's eyes, you do know he has vampire voice, and you do know he has the heart. I'm going to give you those three. He has more than that. He really has a lot. And not all of them are Mark One. There you go. That is how we sort of took a character death and instead turned it into something fun and memorable because people are never going to forget how this guy who continuously goes on and on about how great humans are and humans are the best and he's kind of speciousness but reality is that he's not even human himself so again it makes for a really fun character development and something we're going to remember for a long time both as players and Bob really likes this character a lot and this is a you know again things that none of us planned out and I say this all the time making broken or characters that you don't expect to go in certain ways those are the best characters when you guys build characters and they go exactly the way you plan them to go I find those are the most boring characters they seem fun at first it's like stories if you don't have something happen exciting during the story then there's no story it's like oh we got up and we had something to eat and we saw a movie and then we came home and we watched another movie on TV and we went to sleep the end that's not an exciting story. But you have a story like, we got up, we went to the restaurant, and someone was having a heart attack, and I had to jump in and save them, and then we had to call the ambulance, and next thing I know is I'm going to the hospital. And you see, now that's a story. That is fun. Having a story that has a beginning, middle, and end that you planned the whole way is really not as satisfying as having this beginning, middle, and end where you just play in the beginning and the middle of the end just sort of came about naturally and went in directions you did not expect. So as I said last week, Tuttle is doing this on his own. Mo, not so much. Mo is kind of being what Mo is, but I have no problem with that because John's loving that and he really enjoys playing Mo, so that's fine. And then finally, Hiroji is about... When Hiroji hits, or if, Hiroji hits level 7 and 8, things are going to start changing for him too. He's going to start coming into his own because he also was going through some changes, but his are a little bit longer term. Kind of, we almost hit the arc, if you will, of Rusty. You sort of saw what happened, now you know what happened, and now it's just going to continue to develop and we'll see how he changes as a character. So now we're going to change the focus onto other characters like Hiroji and Tuttle. Anyhow, hopefully you found that interesting and you can see the method behind the madness. So once again, we got our show notes. Don't forget new podcast every single Tuesday. 
do subscribe to us on iTunes and Android. And for those of you who listen on Android, it seems that like five episodes just didn't show up on Android Google Play. I'm not exactly sure. It seems to be a bug in Google Play. Some people said the episodes weren't showing up. I would strongly recommend you switch to Stitcher or just listen to them on the website. But yeah, we didn't stop or anything. They just stopped appearing. I don't know why. Which is only weird because it works. If you go to the website, it works fine. Just on the Android phone, for some reason, some of the episodes don't show up. Just like the last five. Makes no sense. I heard it's a bug. Also, do check out Jason's Talking Combat column every single Thursday. Do check out our Discord channel where everyone's playing and talking games at discord.rollforcombat.com. Do check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Check out our Reddit channel. Do also check out our Patreon if you want to help contribute to the show. And finally, I've been saying this for a while, but something cool is going to be coming up on the show. I promise you. I'm still working out all the details. You know, it's very hard to sometimes work out all these details, but I am working them out. And then finally, has anyone out there has tried the Crate Fiend, my monster that I created for Signal of Screams? I would love to know how it went. I would very much like to know how my creature went and how it killed or didn't kill someone or how it ran. I'd love to hear any stories out there, even if you just throw it in as a one-off. It's a CR3 creature, and unfortunately, my guys are a little too high for me to throw it in. I think it's too easy for them to kill. But if I ever run another level 1 or level 2 module, I'm definitely going to throw in my creature and kill them dead. Anyhow, with that, I will talk to you and see you guys next week. See ya. You've been listening to Roll for Combat, a Starfinder actual play podcast. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at rollforcombat.com or drop us a line at contact at rollforcombat.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Discord, and other social media platforms. listening to Roll for Combat. Until next week, always remember to attack the darkness.